Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is sponsored by fine people like Jill Chenault. This is Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast. Zing went the strings of my heart. The move. What's that song all about? Zing with the Strings of My Heart is the ninth song on the move's first album, second track on side two. It was written in 1934 by James F. Hanley for the Broadway show Thumbs Up. The play was short on plot, but heavy on music. The song was first recorded by Richard Himber and his Ritz-Carlton Orchestra and was released on February 11, 1935. The best-known version was sung by Judy Garland during the 1938 movie, Listen, Darling. The Coasters made their version in April 1958, and that's the version the move covered. Ace Kefford sings lead with Bev Bevan. I met someone last night who I fell deeply in love with. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And today we're talking about... A version of Zing Went the Strings of My Heart by The Move. Ooh. Eric, you're, <laughs> you're kind of turning me on, and I'm pretty heterosexual. <laughs> I'm sure that's what people thought listening to Bev's vocal on this. <laughs> <laughs> I was not digging this originally. It started off from... Oh, boy. Another cover. Yeah. That's one thing I'm wondering on this album. Why all the covers? This is 1967, not 1964. Yeah. It's reminding me of the Kinks' first couple of albums, where, yeah, you had those songs you now hear all the time, but the rest of the album seemed to be cover songs, of stuff that they probably shouldn't have covered. So I'm sitting here hoping to hear all these great psychedelic songs by The Move, and it's cover after cover, after cover. But once I kind of understood what they're doing, especially after listening to the Coasters version again, because I've never heard the Coasters version in stereo. So they are completely aping the stereo separation of the Coasters version, if you hear it in stereo. Normally I heard it in mono because it's the flip side of yakety yak, and so I have the old 45, so it's mono. But... Yeah, if you hear the stereo version, this is basically the same, even though I think they put Ace's voice in the uh, right-hand channel instead of both voices in the left. And Bev's is in the left. I still recall the thrill. I guess I always will. 
and Roy is doing background someplace in here, probably. Scene. But the leads are Bev Bevan and Ace Kefford. And, well, Bev doesn't do too bad of a job on this. It's basically a copy of the coaster's version, and I don't know if they were clowning around with it, or if they just needed one more thing to fill the album up with. But it's not bad. Yeah, like I said at first, I wasn't really liking it too much. But as it got on and got to showcase the bass part and everything there, it got better. I still wouldn't say it's a great highlight, but I guess if you're going to let Bev do a song, this is perfect for him because with the coasters, they had their bass singer do the whole thing, so for the most part. It only seems like it's cover after cover after cover, since there are quite a few songs on here that were released as singles that we already did episodes about. There's only three covers on the album. It seems like there's way too many because we had to skip a lot of tracks on this album because we already did them when they were released as singles. The first time I heard this was about a week ago, getting ready for coming back to doing the pre-ELO podcast. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it was a fun whimsical thing to do for the move as a band that's pretty much known for its up to this point either it's mind-blowing acid rock or it's flowery rainbow farting unicorn hippy dippy psychedelic kind of stuff and in all that they give us no wait watch this they did a a straight up stone cold doo-wop song if i didn't know this was by the move i would have thought it was by the cadillacs or or gene chandler who did duke of earl or or the coasters And then I found out, oh, the Coasters did a version of this song. And I listened to the Coasters version. And then my delight of the move doing a doo-wop song uh, went away. When it was just, well, this is just the same exact song. Other than a drum fill at the beginning. Placing the sax solo with a bass solo. I wouldn't be able to tell a difference from either song. They didn't do anything with it. I think it's kind of like with their cover of whatever that Moby Grape song was. If I hadn't known the Coaster song existed... I would have thought, well, that's pretty funny. They take a song that everybody knows as a show tune from a Judy Garland movie and then totally 50s doo-wop it up. Sort of like that Jonathan Coulter song where where he takes Baby Got Back and turned it into like a 90s kind of folk song. Which will all make sense later in the year when everybody listens to our Christmas podcast, Christmas Carol Catastrophes, coming in November. Christmas Carol Catastrophes. The oddest Christmas songs to ever be unleashed on an unsuspecting public. Sneak in an early plug. At first I was like, well, that's kind of fun. And then I heard the Coasters version. I was like, oh, come on, guys. I know you can do better than this. 
And if you wanted to do a doo-wop song, fit that in there with all that acid rock or that psychedelic rock or that hippy-dippy, light, airy kind of rock, at least do an original song. A nice little fun divergence off the path that they've set up, but when they just did it exactly like the other record. Eh. Yeah, I wasn't exactly too excited going into it because I was going, okay, I'm familiar with the song. And yeah, I didn't know if they were going to do some sort of arrangement on their own or if they were going to do the Coasters version, and they did the Coasters. So, yeah, the Coasters had already rearranged the song from its original. Tell you the truth, though, of all the versions I like... (laughs) I like the 1930s version best. Dear, when you smiled at me, I heard a melody. It haunted me from the start. Something inside of me started a symphony. Zing, went the strings of my heart. I do too. I was trying to figure a way to bring that in here. But yeah, I listened to the original version when I did the research on the song. And yeah, I like the 1938 version. 38? Late 30s version. Much better than all the other versions. But I mean, I really kind of like that kind of music anyway. So it's not really a surprise that... Well, I thought that was the better version. Yeah, it just seems like they were playing around. They didn't do too much different with it other than just have Bev sing. Hey, we need a bass singer. Well, I do think it's great, and I do give points to the move for this, for putting the rhythm section up front. Because Ace Kefford, their bass player, sings the parts that Bev Bevan doesn't sing. And you can tell where Bev Bevan doesn't sing, because he's got that really deep, low voice. It was really great to hear Bev sing, because you don't get to hear Bev sing lead. That, I will say, is, is a fun thing to have in the song even if the whole song is just copying the coasters. But it's great to hear Bevan get to be out there in the front and singing. I just, I never would have guessed he'd have such a deep, deep, deep voice. But other than that, it just seems like a pointless cover because there's nothing different from the coasters one. Right, and I kind of thought the same way a bit about their cover of Hey Grandma. That was it, that was the Um, Moby Grape one. Yeah, because they didn't do anything with that either. No, not really. Fortunately, we're done. There are no more covers left on this album. From here on out, it's straight move. So the rest of this album will be an original movement. There you go. Musical-wise. <laughs> there are the one cents and puns you've been missing out all summer long. I mean, if you've been getting the Patreon one. Got something to say about? Zing! Went the strings of my heart. Then called the telephone line voicemail. 1978. My parents went away for three weeks. I was 14. My brother, who was seven years older than me, was charged with watching out for me. He had Out of the Blue on 8-track. It was constantly playing in the background. I was hooked by the complexity of the songs, the chorus, the swings in the vocals, and the instant familiarity. After that, I would play it over and over when he wasn't around, with headphones and always return it to the same spot in the deck. Somewhere in the middle of program one. 
From there, I was hooked. Bought everything I could find on vinyl and cassette. Still going strong 45 years later. Not a day that I don't hear Jeff in some form. If you want your ELO origin story on the show, send it to ELOFTMpodcast at gmail.com. This is Dr. Troy with my thoughts on Zing with the strings of my heart. I love this song. It has a doo-wop vibe, and I love doo-wop. I've been a fan of the genre since my mother introduced me to her record collection when I was five years old. I would say about 70% of her 45s were doo-wop. I love the harmonies on this song. I love the moves, harmonies, and backing vocals anyway. And I think this is one of the best examples of that. I love the bass vocal. I love the tenor. And I love the way all the voices come together at the end when they sing the title of the song, acapella. I also love the bass guitar riff in the middle of the song. Now, the Moves cover reminds me of the Chimes cover of this song. I don't know if I would call this a cover of the Chimes cover necessarily, but they are very similar, and my mother loved the Chimes cover of this song. Now, I think I would be remiss if I didn't give a special shout-out to the Sweeney Sisters, those over-eager and exuberant supper club singers played by the late Jan Hooks and Nora Dunn on Saturday Night Live. They would always end their set with a medley, and the medley itself would end with the Judy Garland version of this song, you know, playing, playing, playing with the trolley. And I wanted to mention that since we lost Jan Hooks a few years back. And I want to dedicate this thought from Troy to my mother, Janet White, she introduced me to my two biggest vices, Coca-Cola and rock and roll. And, well, she passed away on June 28th of this year. And I just want to say thank you, Mom, for introducing me to your record collection. It changed my life, and I was never the same. And Coca-Cola, too. And uh, I miss you, Mom. I love you, Mom. This has been a thought from Troy. Feast the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel, to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash elopod or PayPal using the podcast's email address. Or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932, Superior, Arizona 85173. Next week, The Girl Outside. this longer longer there we go all right it's long enough i i, I don't want to see this <laughs>
<laughs> they do a God, it's not hip hop, doo wop. <laughs> they do It'd be it'd be very interesting <laughs> if they were doing hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> well, well wait. <laughs> In nineteen sixty eight. Mother effers, what? (laughs) Gat, what? Uh, Wait a minute. (laughs) So I thought it was kind of fun that they did a a straight-up Stone Cold doo-wop song. I mean, if I hadn't known the coasters existed, or if the coat... Well, I know the coasters existed. Try this again. 